Hello and welcome uh, once again to Brooks and Eddie Brothers Adventure. I'm your host, Eddie Colazzo, and I know how to curse a real sword. Eddie Brooks Adventure! <laughs> and with me as always is Brooks Oglesby. Hey, I'm Brooks, aka The Vain Man, and hey, these yeah. these two boys are my new sons. Oh, both of them? I you think so. Big son, little son? Yeah, let me actually, I, I'm genuinely clearing out the YouTube video right now from my tabs because I've been listening which, to the to the good song of Oingo Boingo Brothers. Which one is Oingo, which one's Boingo? Boingo is the small boy, yeah? Okay. And then okay. Oingo is, is big, okay. large. That's what we're going with. So but before we start, uh, I gotta ask you the, the classic question, what'd you think of these episodes? I like, I don't, I don't, Stardust Crusaders bad yeah you don't like it (laughs) lukewarm appreciation ended with stardust crusaders now stardust crusaders battle in egypt is my best friend yeah i told hey if anyone knows about things picking up it you know it really picks up it really picks up uh the first one we're we're doing a three three episode bonus big boy episode but the the second two were mostly fighting, so I feel like this will probably last the length of a regular episode. Right. This but, was this was actually the episode where I was enjoying the first episode so much that I paused it and I looked up if to see if there was any news about part five coming out yet. Nope, not yet. Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't doesn't still nothing. Still. It just seemed like they were doing a JoJo every year, and then two twenty seventeen they didn't do one. It was decided not to do it. It's going to be like Game of Thrones. They're going to take uh, two years. That's my thing. It's like, okay, well, I can, I can, you know, the wait for Winds of Winter, it it killed me for several years. So now I can just focus on a show that's, has content being produced. And now I'm just going to have to fucking go watch My Hero Academia or some shit. Where is the content, David? Yeah. We need your production. Stop hoarding your production. Uh, I don't remember the title of this episode. I'm just calling it Oingo Boingo Brothers Adventure. Do you think when he fucks, he calls it David Reproduction? Sure. Alright, cool. Let's Why get not? into it. Let's get into it. Um, the first note I have here is what new adventures awaits the Buddy Bros. <laughs> now, um, what new adventures awaits the Bernie Bros? Yeah. <laughs> so, there is one thing that now on a, on a review I am disappointed in in this episode, is when you see them in the manga at the beginning, um, there's a big titty pterodactyl on the background mm-hmm. and i thought that would come up well also uh oingo has like arms coming out of his belly in it yeah i guess there's some artistic license and yeah. it's not it's we not should, to we scale mention at the end of the last episode we see two guys looking at a manga and they're like something bad will happen right and there's also so they're looking and some new pages appear in this in the stand manga and Iggy is there, but Kakyoin isn't, and that stressed me out. And Ab- Abdal wasn't, but I didn't notice, which I kind of feel bad about. <laughs> um, and they, so there's three adult men, and there's a dog, and uh, Boingo is like, ah, oh, yes, all five of them. <laughs> They're all here. <laughs> the gang's all here. Uh, the manga Polnareff looks extremely bad. Yeah. Jotaro um, looked I okay. I hated to look at Polnareff. I just, uh, again, um, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but Polnareff is still a very strong fifth place in terms of the start. Well, I th- does Iggy count? Is Iggy, is Iggy the sixth? Iggy, yeah. Remember? He's, he's part of the crew now. It's officially a Stardust Crusader? Yeah. I guess that Polnareff's probably sixth, huh? He's in the group photo. Yeah, he's in the group photo. 
I just thought they would have a funny big titty pterodactyl that would show up at like minute twenty two, and I thought it would be funny. Can I? Uh, if you want a big titty joke, that's next episode. Like you, the one, it did seem like a horny episode is coming. Next, up. it's going to be horny, and it's going to be uh, like so. Say the two episodes run what forty four minutes. Yeah. Like twenty eight of those minutes will be like will be just no. Joseph Joe Star's ass just slapping. It it will be. It looks like a gay thing is happening, and everyone laughs at oh, it. Oh, like a funny gay. Like a funny gay thing happens, but right. not really. But it looks like it, and everyone laughs at it. Sounds like a really funny premise that I like to laugh at. Yeah. Well, let's, let's focus on <laughs> on this for now. Uh, so we learned that uh, Oingo and Boygo's uh, stands are called Thought and Come. Yeah, they're named Thought and Come. I didn't know if you were going to say it or if I was going <laughs> to. The god of knowledge is Thought, and the god of creation is Come. I mean, which makes, is a little on the nose. Makes sense. Yeah, they are actually Thoth and Kunum. Kunum. I should probably have looked up how to say it. Yeah, and it's, it's um, no Geb. I'll tell you that. Yeah, so thought can see into the very near future, so um, a good mnemonic device for remembering which is which is, if she sees, she's a thought. <laughs> That's uh, what I was using. All, all women can morph their face to look like Jotaro. <laughs> um, we'll talk about that later in the episode, too, but I did think that... Uh, Large, large Oingo did have perhaps the worst stand in the entire it's world. Probably later on, there's a, actually a discussion between characters of like, what's the worst stand you've ever seen? And they don't mention this one specifically, but it has to be up there. It's pretty fucking I, bad. I, that doesn't happen in Star Wars Crusaders. It's in like another part, but so I don't get your hopes up. It sounds, is it like, it sounds like you have, it's like a fucking behind the episode, like fucking Chris Hardwick is there. No, it's thing. just two characters in universe and one's like, what's oh, okay. the worst stand you've ever seen? Good. And even then it's like, well, technically this stand is the worst in that it has no fighting ability, but it's destruction. It's like immense. This stand just sucks. Yeah. It seemed like all of the bad parts of Jim Carrey's The Mask without any of the actual it's, powers. It's not even like uh, D&D disguise self where you change your whole, like, yeah. appearance. It's just his face. Anyway. It's pretty bad. So, so the manga, it can predict, uh, thought can predict what happens in the <laughs> in the future, but only, like, ve- like, within the next 10 or 20 minutes or something. Yeah. But its predictions are always absolute. And, Thoughts always focused on the right now, never thinking about their future. Yeah, and uh, Boingo's stand, he can, like, like you know at the start of Super Mario 64 where you can, like, move his face around? That's, yeah, that is what it is. That's his stand, is he can make his face change into anything, but only his face, so... There you go. So, so the Stardust Crusaders, they find out from the manga they're going to drink poisoned black tea, so then Large Oingo says, now we have to poison them, so this is, I guess, where we learn that, like... They're trying to help the future happen, but also yeah. they're being told that the future. This whole is episode going to be. is ju- is just like a sitcom episode. It did, and also kind of at the end of the Anubis episode, yeah, it was it got very goofy. It's very Looney Tunes, and I kind of love it. I, yeah, I like it too because it gets it gets kind of tiresome when every episode's like, "Oh, this is the most powerful stand yet, and we're almost gonna die." I like that this is kind of a fun slapstick romp. Like literally at the end of this episode, like I think one of them says like. The fight ended without them even knowing they were attacked. Or right. Something. Like, it ruled. It's good. Uh, so yeah, they see in the book that uh, the Strohs Crusaders will drink poison black tea and then they'll die. So they 
go into a cafe and Boingo fucking kills a... They like, do murder a man. They murder a man with a pan. Yeah. And he just starts working there in his, like, regular Boingo clothes, <laughs> which yeah. is good. One thing about Boingo you not you gotta know is that he will never change. He, uh, he will die in that outfit. So funny Polner F smokes cigarette and so, when they're they go to the cafe. Or oh, no, they're, I, they're not there yet. I also have to mention uh, the kid, uh, Oingo. Oingo has a terrible laugh. Ooh, it's real bad. <laughs> it's like that, and I don't like to hear it. Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's very... It's like a bad crabby. So uh, Polner F is smoking now because apparently that's a thing he does for this episode. And we're, we're allowed to see it because he's of age. That's right. Yeah. And he's like, hmm, there's many cafes here. Where should we go? And he's like, let's let my cigarette decide. And he drops it out huh. of his mouth, and it points to cafe with Oingo Boingo. <laughs> Our friend Kakyoin might go blind, and he's in the hospital. Let's go get some tea. Oh, yeah, they're talking about the actual uh, line is, sadly, Kakyoin might be out of action for the rest of this trip. Right. Remember when Avdol was dead because there were too many characters? <laughs> <laughs> so then we got a dog. I don't know if I like the funny farting comedy dog yet. I'm Does, still on the fence so about what's it. So what's your prediction of uh, Kakyoin's, like, recovery? I mean, at the end of this, he says that he'll probably... he'll. It did seem a little weird that, like, <laughs> they just kind of left to go towards Dio, and he was like, uh, I'll catch up with you guys in a couple of days. My favorite thing is that the whole time they're getting there, they're like, Dio's assassins could be anywhere at any time. And now they're literally in Egypt, and they're just, like, at the hospital and the hotel. Like, Yeah, and also, fine. Joseph is like, hey, let's only travel in Paris from now on. Goodbye, Kakyoin, we're yeah. all leaving. No one will stay here to guard you. Where, like, hasn't someone been attacked in a hospital? Oh, no, it was, like, the school uh, nurse... Thing was it that fucking Kakyoin? That was Kakyoin who attacked Jotaro, yeah. It's it's good, and I'm sure that they're all thinking that his his extremely good Emerald Splash will save him if he gets into a, into a scrap. Don't worry about it. It's easy. Um, so yeah, then they go to this cafe, and they sit down, and they're like, oh, uh, three, three black teas. Please. Three poison black teas, please. And then Joseph says, actually, hey, it could be poisoned. We shouldn't get, get it, maybe. Like, this whole episode, like... Uh, Boingo is the main character of this episode. That's true. Like, it's just him trying to make the plans go according to the manga and freaking out, like, in Yaba the whole time. Um, I do just want to say, for the listeners at home, I don't care enough to keep track of who's Oingo and who's Boingo anymore. So, 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 we're, so we're, gonna say, we're gonna say the wrong shit. Let's say our, our canon is Oingo is the child, and Big Oingo, or Boingo... <laughs> Is the that's what the B stands is for? Is the big brother? I do not. I do actually canonically think it's the other way around, but that's fine. But that's our canon because I like it better. Because yeah, the because in, works the, for me. in the real canon, uh, Joseph Joestar is a racist, and I don't like it. So now he's not, and yada yada. Remember place. when the fucking end of the like other episode gets racist for no reason? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was literally, and the Sandy Dornishmen look like this. Mm. Like that's exactly what it was. Oh my god. Okay, it was uh, bad. So, yeah, Joseph's like, oh, three black teas, please. And then he's like, wait, uh, they might be poisoned by our enemies. Three Coca-Colas, please. It rules. So, so he goes to the refrigerator and he's like, I want the, like, fifth cola from the left. And, like, he's being all specific so they can get random colas. And I do, they, so this so large boy go says cola and very loud. And Jotaro says, yeah. But in Japanese, it sounds like he says the word soda and it <laughs> rules. Yeah, that's what he wants. And then, like, what happens? Oh, yeah, some guy at another table. He's like, hey, buddy, this Coca-Cola is warm. 
And then Polnareff's like, don't worry, there's no magic manga that lets enemies know which cafe they will enter. We'll be fine. Which cafe they will be in. That's right? good. Thank you. <laughs> what if it was Cafe Cola? Now we're talking. That's what Dangerous Donald loves to drink. Uh, so th- then he's like, oh, yeah, the refrigerator's broken. So uh, I guess all the colas are warm. I better go catch it. And then they go across the street, but the cafe's on fire because uh, Polnareff th- th- fucking th- set a cafe on fire. Yeah, so what? they're like, oh, well... We'll just have black tea then. And then someone's like, wait, no, uh, let's just go to another cafe. So they go across the street and it's on fire. And some guy's yelling. He's like, it's on fire because someone's cigarette did it. And then they're just like, well, okay, I guess we're staying here. <laughs> <laughs> Love to be heroes. So then they sit back down and then they're like, actually, we'll have the black tea. And Polner is like, listen, it's good because my cigarette randomly chose here. How could we randomly have ended up in this specific place with random cups of black uh, black tea and be poison? And meanwhile, this entire time, little Oingo is just going, kick, 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 yeah, he's about like, like, he's like behind the bar, like underneath it, doing that. Because he loves the fact that the future is already written or whatever. Think is dry. Um. So then what happens? It's like they're served the uh, they're served the tea. So they 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 start to sip it, and Big Boingo is getting a little bit sweaty, and then I just it, I, I just had to say Joseph um, sipping tea, like uh, like a thing, like a joke, you know? Yeah, like, like the, mm, the, mm, this the tea tr- is hot. The but, truth tea, yeah. yeah, it's good. That's kind of what a stand is, if you think about it. Yeah, Joseph, my stand, Hermit Purple, allows me to make a call out post for anyone in Egypt. <laughs> Joseph cry typing with Hermit Purple. I'm sorry, I just wanted to take one single Polaroid. <laughs> uh, so then they're, they I, take like... I didn't know that he was a proud Nazi. <laughs> so they take one sip of the black tea and fucking like Iggy farts through a window or something. He starts attacking the food of some of the other patrons. And they all, so they all spit out their, their funny tea. And this woman who had her, like, fucking baguette stolen from the dog just starts chucking glass plates at Iggy, which rules. Yeah. So is Iggy, like, actually helping? Or I is can't he, tell. Or I go is, back and forth on it. I, I think he's just an idiot that, like, a convenient idiot. That, that's probably the actual answer. That's what I like to think. Because I'm always like, Iggy, you're actually very smart, and you're going to help. And then Iggy takes a nap. But I wouldn't be surprised if Araki's like, oh, actually, if you go back and you look through every action Iggy did, it actually spells out, we're all very good friends. Mm-hmm. Like, something like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Iggy, like, causes a ruckus and eats a big bread, and then they just leave. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. And then we get another uh, manga passage where um, the Oingo Boingo brothers... The, 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 the narrator's even like, this, this isn't very important, but they passed a guy who had an annoying face, which they hated to see. <laughs> a man with a very annoying face. So they, uh, like, according to the manga, they punch the guy and he drops his wallet, and then they get his wallet and has a lot of Big money Boy in Boingo says, I'm so pissed all of a sudden, I'll punch him. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're rich, it's good. Uh, also, uh, Jot- just when we learned that Jotaro's head will be exploded by a menacing orange bomb. Yes. Uh, so yeah, the plan in the manga is that, uh, Jotaro will open an orange that is disguised as a bomb, or, yeah, a bomb disguised as an orange, and it'll blow his face up. And that's what the, uh, the manga says. Cut him in half, just like, um, Mark the Dead Nazi. 
Yeah. And hot um, dog style, as so, you come to call yeah, it. Yeah, hot dog style and Opa hot dog style. And <laughs> so, yeah, this is where we find out um, what the cum power is. And it's apparently you can just change it. You change it. Because it's, it's, you see the stand screen, the, the screen of the like stand, stand, stand master. master. Yeah. yeah, and you see um, Big Boingo just, like, putting... Just like kind of pulling his eye like Super Mario, he's and just like looks, stretching his face out. Yeah, he looks like he's like a thirteen-year-old trying to do like a cool like Heath Ledger Joker profile picture, where he's like, "I'm crazy man with a plan," um, and it looks bad. It's not great to see. It gets a little bit better than that, but not much. Yeah. So uh, then he finds the like fucking dune buggy they've been traveling in, yes. and conveniently, there's like a big brown bag of oranges in there. So he takes an orange and fashions it into a bomb. And the way he sets it up, he's like, oh, as soon, as soon as someone tries to peel the skin off this orange, it'll explode in three seconds or something. So he's digging through the, the bag and putting the orange in there. And that's when Joseph and Polner have come back and they're like, hey, who's in our car? What's up? What are you doing in there, a guy, hey. stranger? And uh, Big Boingo steps like out of the car, still wearing his regular Boingo clothes that he was wearing exactly at the... Which does, he's wearing a t-shirt that does say come on it. Yeah. And, and for those of you at home, it's K-H-U-M and it rules. <laughs> and, uh, he's, he stretched his face and he looks like Jotaro and sounds like him. And he has a big, large hat. His hat is even bigger than usual. And he's like, I actually made my hair to look like the hat, which is good to me. Yeah, I like that. So then as this is happening, they're like, hey, uh, Jotaro, like, it's just an escalating like bunch of lies that he has to come up with. They're like, "Hey, Jotaro, why are you wearing that weird outfit?" And he's like, "Uh, because my school uniform's at the cleaners." And then they stare at him for like five minutes, and then say, "Like, okay, it doesn't look good. Let's go." <laughs> yeah. So they're like, "Oh, we're going to the hospital to see Avdol and uh, Kakyoin. Come with us." He's like, "I think I'll walk." And they're like, "No, get in the fucking car." Like a folder picks him up and shoves him in. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so this is the part of the episode where the villain starts sweating, which yeah. I'm always a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, oh yeah, that he's, he realized that he's the Jotaro who was prophesied to, to be exploded hot dog style. So then he just throws the orange outside and then he stops sweating and he, he's like, oh, good I, now. I got rid of the orange. It's perfectly fine. And fucking Iggy jumps in the window holding the orange in his teeth. Yeah. Iggy, the good farting dog. He's like, oh, Iggy brought us an orange. It must have fell. And he just brings it and sits in the back yeah, of the and Polnareff says, um, num, num, can't wait to eat this ground dog's mouth apple. Yeah, it's going to be really good. So this is Oh, and then to- oh, Big, Big Oingo does say the funny thing at this point. What? Where when Iggy brings the orange back, uh, Oingo shouts, yow. He does. And then they're like, you don't, that's not usually the thing you say, yeah. Jotaro. <laughs> and he does some pun, like making it sound yeah. like a cow. I was saying there was a cow over there, which rules, and this is it's my favorite Billy Madison joke. (laughs) So yeah, it just is this whole scene of them being like, "You're acting very weird, Jotaro. You don't normally like stutter or do things like that." Yeah, but then they're sitting in the car, and Polnareff is smoking again, right? Yeah, which he loves to do. And he's like, "Hey, Jotaro, why? Oh, check out this trick Jotaro taught me." And he like has the cigarette in his teeth. And, like, knocks it back into his mouth, but, like, it doesn't get put out or burn him or anything. And then he just, like, takes a cigarette out again, and it's perfectly fine. And he's like, hey, Jotaro, why don't you do that trick that you showed me? Oh, yeah, but do it with five cigarettes, like you do it. <laughs> and then he has to do it to pretend he's Jotaro. And it's they funny. fucking does it. He does it, to an extent. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's labored. Like, the whole time he's like, oh my god, I have to do this. I, I need this to save my life. And he's like, the power of the human spirit when you can, when your life is in danger <laughs> is immense. and Anything is possible. So he kind of does it. And then fucking Polnareff, he's like, hey, why don't you also do that thing you did one time and drink this bunch of juice without putting the cigarettes <laughs> out? Like, it's a fucking, it's a fucking improv scene. Like, it just keeps... No, yeah, it. that's exactly what me an asshole does to my improv partner in every scene. <laughs> All I want to do is like, here's what we have now, a gun. And yeah. then like Like I can't tell you how many times I've started a scene with my friend and been like, oh no, poison gas that makes you speak in rhyme for the rest of the scene. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's pretty it much it. And then he like it backfires and like smoke comes out of his ears or whatever, and it's very funny. Yeah. And then uh like they're still driving and sitting in the car, and then uh big one goes sitting with his hands folded. And oh, right. Polnareff looks back and he's like, hey, Jotaro, when you're folding your hands, your thumb is on the left side. or Like, your right hand is covering this way. And Big Big Bungo, he's like, oh my god, is that not what Jotaro does? Like, what do I do? And then you're just staring at each other for five minutes. And Polnareff right. goes, it, that means you were a woman in your last life. Yeah, which is weird, because I definitely did think that Polnareff was a Christian who wouldn't believe in re- reincarnation. Yeah. So that was kind of challenging. I thought I felt like that was kind of OOC. Uh, and, and also, he says the same thing about Joseph, that he was a woman in his past life. And Joseph doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. But Ponarf was obviously a very strong man. Yeah. I do want to, though, we do need to uh, mention that at this point, Oingo, Big Oingo, does make the universal good idea face. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. Like, <laughs> he makes a really good face. He has, like, one big tooth or something, right? Like, he's smiling, but his mouth is, like, a perfect circle. Yeah, he looks his ma- he looks like bad All Might in the, in the mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and he's so he makes the universal good idea face that we all make when we have a good idea, and then he thinks he'll tell them that he has a tummy ache, so that way he'll let them out, so he can funny funny Boingo make a poopy. And this is really this is a this is a Joseph Joestar underrated moment mm. because okay, so he Boingo actually gets a real tummy ache and. Uh, so he climbs out the window and Polnareff like gives him some toilet paper. Oh, it's and then he's like, "I have to go behind there and take it." Yeah, dump. I have to go. Take and they right do the now. same thing where they stare at him really long. And he's like, "Oh, here's some toilet paper." Yeah. And but then mm-hmm. they, so as he's going to go diarrhea in the middle of the desert, Joseph just drives away. He does. He doesn't wait for him. Which rules? They're it's like, so good. They're like, "Whatever, we'll meet him there." Yeah. Uh, what did I? What did I say about sticking together? Hey, well, he doesn't say that until the end of the next oh, two Oh, he's learning the lesson now. Yeah. So they drive away, and he's running. Uh, Big Boy goes, like, running behind the rock. He's like, yes, when I get behind the rock, I'll transform my face again, and then I'll escape or whatever. And as they're driving away, Paul Nerf's like, hmm, this orange Iggy picked up is pretty gross. I'll just throw it out the window. Yeah. So he does, and somehow, like, the angles, however it happened, the, the uh, thoughts, predictions are absolute. Because uh-huh. Big Boingo steps on the orange and it blows up on him. And it splits him in half. And there's also out. a funny shot where, like, you see Joseph and Polnareff driving and there's a big explosion in the background, like the funny Dumb and Dumber movie. Uh-huh. And it probably just looks like Jotaro did a big fart or poop. And, and they're like, pro- oh, what was that noise? And Joseph's like, it's probably just construction. Yeah. Anyway. 
So that happens, and Big Bungo is, like, exploded on the floor, and then Little Ungo comes up to see him, and guess who's back? The guy with the face they hated before. Yeah, the ugly man who didn't matter, and then they said, hey, hey guys, let's go beat up a child, and they and say, they okay. Just, and they didn't, then they just beat the shit out of <laughs> a, a big guy and his little brother. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, Boingo says, that's just how life is. Yeah, I like, think so. <laughs> So uh, then in the, at the hospital, they meet up with real Jar- Jotaro, and then a normal ambulance comes up that just opens and reveals the pummeled brothers for no reason. No, first, they're like, Jotaro, how did you get here, even though you had to take a dump in the desert? Yeah. He's like, he's like, what are you talking about? And then they just leave it. Like They're like, how did you have time to get your school uniform back and take a dump in the desert and beat a moving vehicle to the hospital? And he's just like, huh? Anyway... Yeah. Yeah, then they, do you think do you what? think that Jotaro actually does the funny cigarette trick? I wouldn't be surprised. He probably just thinks it's very cool. That's okay, yeah, it is more he wouldn't be like, hey guys, look at my cool trick, but he would just kinda like do it and just kinda hope they see it. Yeah. Yeah. Like he would do it he would know everyone's looking and act like he didn't, and then Polnareff would be like, Wow, teach me that cool trick. He probably does it with like his his like his boyfriend Kakyoin, and it's like mm-hmm. the it's the it's the anime version of like tying your tying a cherry stem with your tongue. Yeah. Five cigarettes. And then you drink juice. <laughs> uh, so then, yeah, the ambulance pulls up and it's the two uh, Oingo Boingo brothers just, like, destroyed. And then it says, the fight had ended without Jotaro and the others even knowing they were attacked. Badumtis. Badumtis. And then we get the good Oingo Boingo song. We get the song. really, really good Oingo Boingo song and it's really good to listen to. It's good. It's really good. It's, I think it's just them singing about, like, the powers of their stands. Good. Yeah. And it's it's all animated like how the uh the drawings in the manga. Yeah, look. there's big titty dinosaurs everywhere and they say Oingo Boingo Brothers and it's really good. It's really good. Um so that's the first Rest in peace. Rest in peace. You want to check uh Speed Dragon Foundation? Let's do it. Patreon Patreon was not loading earlier when I tried to That's probably okay. Oh, okay, it's up now. But I already have the uh the user of the week. Anyway, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash Thrones. We have that. Uh, at $5 a month, you get special shoutouts and episodes, and you can send us a message, and we'll read it. And at $10 a month, you get special user status in the Discord and get to be on our fun streams. Uh, this week's special user, who I found out yesterday that has never been the special user before, is a friend of the show, Roy Fuck Warlock. <laughs> you would I think... don't know how he did that. Exactly. That's the same thing I said. It's like, he probably... Well, because Roy sends in stuff every week, so. It's because we we are always walking with Roy, no matter what we're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Official Roy of the show. Roy Fuck Warlock. <laughs> the absolute Roy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for everything. Your day has finally come. Yeah. Thank you. Down since day one. Yeah. Um. What's, what happens now? Anubis. Yeah. All right. How's this one start? Um, they're in the hospital, and, uh, Kakuin has bandages over his eyes, but he'll be fine in a couple days. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be good in a couple days. Oh, and he does mention that at one point, he saw a kid on his baseball team get hit in the eye with a baseball at, like, mock speeds. And he said it was fine, he just had fluids leaking from his eyeball. Well, yeah. <laughs> and Joseph's like, ugh. And then Kakuin's like, it's okay, he could see the next day. Good. Uh, oh yeah, remember how, uh, do you remember all the injuries everyone sustained in the battle with Geb? No. So, uh, Kakyoin had his, has, like, eyes cut, Avdol right. had his neck cut, 
And Polnareff had his, like, Achilles tendon cut. Yeah, Polnareff gets a lot of cuts. And he was fine. He yeah. did not need to go to the hospital for whatever reason. Yeah, he did get sliced right through the Achilles tendon, huh? Yeah. But I, I guess he could, he it was fine. It's because they fucking like, like, the people who write this fucking like him. It, it, why, though? He's the worst one. I, don't... I guess, I guess they could just make him do the most stupid shit. Just, like, give Kakyoi an IBS. It'd be funny. It'd be so funny. I would like it. Uh, so, yeah, they're in the hospital, and then there's this whole, like, sequence about them not knowing how to read the Egyptian numbers. Yeah, Polnareff talks shit about Arabic numbers, which is good. It's good. And then it's very expensive. Very, like, topical for a modern times hospital bill. Yeah. And then uh, they see, like, Iggy is outside, and all the nurses are like, oh, look at this cute little puppy. So Polnareff walks up to him and he's like, hey, that dog is an asshole. And then Iggy jumps on his face and farts and all that. He does a left. good big fart and they, the girls love it. And my the funny farting comedy dog farts again and makes a Bart Simpson face. And it says, do the Bart man. It's really funny. My favorite thing about Iggy is how you can see his farts visually. I do. It's like a big vape cloud and it's really good. It's like instead of stink lines, it's just a big like puff of vape juice. Yeah, I very much i was i do notice it every time and i i say to myself that looks good and then i I like to see it it's time to buy some coffee flavored gum vape <laughs> liquid and then blow it out in my face like iggy does a fart yeah that'll be so funny it's pretty good uh then what happens we get for fucking for this episode for no reason joseph is the narrator now and he talks about, like, the Nile River and how the west side of the Nile is all graves and stuff. Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, everything to the west of the Nile is, like, a graveyard and burials, but everything to the east is good and where things like to be. But our enemies won't care because yeah. they're enemies. And then there's uh, there's some guys who are walking with a, a, cow, a cow. And then uh, there's one guy, and his name is Chaka. And, and His name is Chaka, so you know he's going to be an enemy in this episode. Yeah. And we do also run into a character named Khan, which I think is good. It, it's good. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so yeah, it's easy. And I guess there's, like, this very tiny story of, like, Chaka and his abusive father that, like, nothing happens with. Yeah, I I was compelled. It's like these bunch of guys are walking in, they're like, oh, Chaka, you idiot piece of shit. And then they find a sick sword. Like, they find a real cursed sword on the side of the road. And uh, no one can open it except Chaka. And then he kills everyone. Oops. Oopsies. It also, I just want to say, it looks just like Lightbringer because it has, like, cool, like, purple flames on it. It's cool. It's, it's a cool sword. It's cool to see and look at. Oh, I got yawn. That's okay. I'll talk about the sword. So it stabs his friend in the head, and it's, and then Chaka's like, oh, it has a mind of its own. And then the sword starts talking to Chaka and it's like, hey, calm down. I'm Anubis. I'm guardian of the graveyard. Careful. Yeah, my, my stand, Anubis, is me. Here, <laughs> I'm the sword. Here, take this fresh yellow lipstick that I'm going to put on you. I suggest the power of me. <laughs> I'm Stan? I'm Stan. And then, um, and then he slices the last guy in half without hurting the cow. Yeah, so, yeah, he slices through a cow and kills the guy, much like uh, Baron Zeppeli did with the frog and the rock. So. It's very much like Baron Zeppeli, and also there, and also he does cut the guy in half. Yeah, so. That's a nice callback. It's like poetry. And he doesn't hamburger style even. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then as, as you can tell, this is going to be a fucking Polnareff episode because they're all like walking in the town square, 
And they're like, okay, let's all head this way and meet up there. But Polnareff gets, like, pulled aside by some guy. He's like, hey, this is real papyrus. And Polnareff's like, no, it's not. And he just rips it in half. Which is which is great. A cool, a cool lovable, good character. Yeah. It would yeah, be he, fucking so cool if Dio killed Polnareff. I, I like how, like, Polnareff temporarily knew, like, all of the physical properties of Papyrus because he had to be separated from the group to fight someone. That is why, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, why does... I don't even know why he goes where this guy is. I... Yeah, I guess I never really say. Like, he just um, walks away. And I just realized that I could have paused the episode and probably thought of a good Undertale joke for right now, but I didn't prepare anything. Yeah, I th- I, I saw it and I was like, ah, I'll let that one go. Yeah. Let that one slide. We'll let, let the viewers form their own jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fine. That's what they like to do when they listen to funny podcasts. Right. Uh, so then, uh, so then Polnareff's like, I better, uh, go. Oh, this is where Iggy takes coffee gum and Polnareff runs after him. Oh, yeah, that's what happens. Um, and then he's like separated, like he loses Iggy and he's at some shrine or something. And then there's a large man named Chaka who's behind him with a sword that he's wrapped in like gauze for some reason. It's, it's, like it's a cool like, mummy it's sword. Like, it looks like it's mummy style, like there's wrapping all around the sword. Yeah, up on mummy style. And you can't even. I guess I guess maybe that's like concealed carry for swords. Yeah, like probably. you can't tell what that is. You, if it was though, you know the narrator be like, in Egypt you could carry a sword as long <laughs> as it looks like a mummy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, like Polnareff actually knows he's like, oh, you've been following me this whole time. Like, let's not battle in front of all these people. Let's go somewhere else. Uh, and then it's just Polnareff, like, the guy, he's like, I will take your life. And Polnareff's like, that's a really dumb thing to say. Nice Breath of the Wild reference. And then, uh, then Silvercherry comes out and they start cutting each other. Yeah, it's, it's like most of the next two episodes are just guys with swords fighting. So, so a lot of cutting. I mean, it's cool, but I don't know exactly how much there is to talk about. Like, they're just fighting for a while. Yeah, they fight and then they go, he can go very fast and Polnareff jumps on top of a pillar and then... Polnareff's like, hey, it's time for my secret technique that not even oh, Jojo knows about. Oh, but, but first, uh, he Polnareff mentions, like, oh, this guy is a total amateur, but he has great strength, or whatever. Right. And then he, he, he the guy does the same trick as before, like, he cuts through the pillar without cutting it, mm-hmm. etc. You Do you want to mention the secret te- technique that not even Jojo knows about? Well, not even Brooks really understands it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like he sends the sword out from the hilt and kind of shoots it like a sword gun. Yes. And, and then it, it goes deflected, into... It, like, deflected off of several surfaces and hit the guy in the neck and he died. Right. Oh, no, he, like... he was forced to retire. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's how he beats him. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, I don't like to use this technique because it's my secret, and also because if I shoot my sword, I don't have a sword, so I should yeah. probably not use it again in the next episode. Oops. Oops. And then... Uh, so this then he, happens, and then he's like, hey, might as well check out this sword real quick. Yeah, this is a pretty sick sword, though. And uh, it's, he's drawn to its beauty, and then, like, Iggy barks at him before he touches the, the good part. Yeah, so, like, anytime Iggy's around the sword, like, he's barking a lot. Like, he, he knows something's wrong, but no one cares. This was another narrator weird moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but this is, I think, the only time the narrator was in this series of episodes... And it's just to say Polnareff's inner monologue for one sentence, which usually they just show the guy's thoughts. 
Yeah, it was like Polnareff thought, like, no one could defeat me. Yeah, Polnareff thought the guy wasn't as strong as him. Like, I thought that was, like, the sword controlling him, but that doesn't happen until the next episode. That's true. So. It's fine. Some mice steal the sword. Yeah, so they take the sword and leave with it. Uh, why am I so tired? I don't feel to get tired when we talk about Game of Thrones. Yeah, these are pretty good fights. Uh, These are good episodes, I like them. Do you want to take a two-minute break and listen to Oingo Boingo Brothers Adventure? I'm, I'm going to save that for the end. Okay. All right. Um, um, so then they, he gets the sword back. And oh, we have, to me- we have to mention that Polnareff is, like, kneeling down, looking at the sword oh, yeah, on, the, yeah. on the ground. And then uh, Joseph's, oh, Joseph and Abdul and all them show up. And Joseph says, like, why are you crouching? Did you step on a turd? Which I don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense to me. Because if, when, I, when I'm stepping on a turd, I yeah. us- like I do all the time, I usually, like, I'm standing and look at my foot, like, in a funny way, like... Right, it looked like he was producing a turd to me. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Anyway, they're like, let's uh, take this sword and bring it back to the cops, because that's what we have to do. They but did first, say they're going to Ed Fu next, and I definitely thought that was going to be your nickname. Ah, shit. Yeah, that's where I live. <laughs> uh, but first, they go back to the hotel, and they're like, let's take this to the cops. And Polnareff's like, first I gotta get a haircut. <laughs> Jotaro, go with Polnareff, and he's just like, okay. Yeah, and also, and he, just do want to point out that Polnareff does fucking love cops. He does. So, enjoy sixth place still. And now uh, Iggy is good, because Iggy hates cops. Iggy hates cops, yeah. Uh, so then in the next scene, it's them in, like, a barbershop, and Polnareff is getting his haircut, and the sword is, like, literally leaned up against the barber's chair. It's pretty good. It's good. And Jotaro's it, just reading a magazine about marine life. He loves it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, this can I? I got to tell you something. Uh-huh. This, is, this is foreshadowing of Jotaro's character. Does he love fish? He loves the sea. Good. Yeah, that's very good. I can't wait. It's it's not it's not it's literally not even a major thing. It's just that part of his character is he likes ocean stuff, like as a very tiny like even less than like oh Ponorov take a poop like Jotaro likes ocean things. Did that come up when they were underwater in a submarine at all? It didn't, but I only knew it because, like, later on they mention it in other... Like, oh, okay. Yeah, other times. Um, so, Jotar just decides to take a nap. He's like tired. He does, like he does. And, uh... Polnareff is just like, hey, can you... Hey, Barber, can you take the sword and put it over there conveniently? Can you touch the sword? Thank you. Can you touch the sword and take it out of the, the scabbard? Uh, I would very much like for you to face my blade. And then uh, he is like, wow, wow, your uh, straight razor is very dull and it's not cutting me right. And the barber's like, well, this will cut you right in the neck. Yeah, Polnareff, not only does he love cops, he also loves to yell at service workers. Yeah. So at this point, I was kind of like, I hope this guy just lets us throw. That'd be cool he, and good. And then to Jotaro, see. he's like, dude, calm down. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Polnareff's like, thank you for this new sharp knife. Please shave my carotid artery. Thank you so much. Yeah, please take my carotid artery out of my neck and twiddle with it and then cut it with a cursed blade. Still the worst fucking thing. Um, he does mention this handsome and nice guy got all dirty. <laughs> which is, <laughs> which is cool, I admit it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, and then the guy's like, uh, oh, it's he's gonna cut me and kill me. It's hey, it's me, the sword, and I have Khan now. And Anubis. it's under your neck now. Anubis to stand. Yeah. Uh, that's that episode. Mm-hmm. Then what happens? We, it, we continue. Part three. Yeah. Three-parter. Part, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. 
Boom, boom, boom. So funny Jotaro still taking a nap. Um, Polnareff F ducks and the guy stabs himself oh, in the chest immediately. So, so the guy like has uh, Polnareff F and he's like, I'm going to kill you, Polnareff. I'm going to use this cursed blade to cut your neck off of your head. And he does a cool trick like with the barber's chair where it like uh, reclines and he rolls out of it. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just fucking kill this guy with Silver Chariot? Because he, he lives for drama. He does. <laughs> he could have easily killed killed him with his stand, but decides not to. My fucking my favorite part of any of these episodes is when the stand is killed within like minute seven. Because mm-hmm. then it's either it's like comic relief as the stand just gets owned over and over again, or we get to do just like fun character moments where like Polnareff goes to the bathroom. Yeah, like I love when they don't last until like minute nineteen. When it's like yeah, minute eighteen and thirty five seconds, and then yeah, and then they're like, oh, the guy is it's he's a big mirror car and it's the sun. Throw yeah. a rock at him. I still love how in canon they're like that guy fucking sucked. <laughs> he did. Um. So yeah, the sword the sword downloaded all of Polnareff's moves. It yeah, says, uh, and it knows all of its moves now. You only get one when you fight this. Mm. Uh. uh in between this, we get a scene of Joseph, like, fucking with Iggy for no it reason. Rules. He's taunting him with coffee gum, and then he gets a funny fart on him. Like, he's doing the thing where he's like, oh, you gotta jump and get it. Uh, can you reach it? Oh, just a little bit higher. And then Iggy farts and walks away. <laughs> and then Avdol's like, hmm, it's taking Polnareff and uh, Jotaro a long time to come back. And it cuts back to them in the fucking barbershop. I hope there. nobody who doesn't watch the show thinks, I hope they realize that we are not adding in additional farts we're we're not like that seems like something we'd make up but every time we talk about iggy farting it's literally a time it happens yeah we have never yet uh, editorialized a funny farting comedy dog sort of fart situation um so then what happens they're back at the salon and jotaro wakes up and um it withstands Polnareff's secret attack, so now start the Silver Chariot doesn't have a weapon. Oh yeah, because this the, we learn the sword like knows it memorizes the attacks from before. It's like if you use it against me once, like you can't do it again because I'll remember it. I know how to dodge you get it. One. You get one, and then um, Polnareff's like Jotaro, you can't use Star Platinum against this guy because he has a sword, and that'll be very hard for Star Platinum to fight against. So Jotaro just <laughs> fucking punches him in the head. It rules. Yeah, he punches him and like sends him flying through the glass out into the street. And it's good. It's good. But, but much... even then, Jotaro, he's like, oh, that took, like, all my strength to time that perfectly. He said that twice this episode, where he said, that took everything I had. Mm-hmm. Well, it's he the does... first and last thing that he says. He does get stabbed in the chest, so... Yeah. Okay. Um, so that happens. And then what? Oh, yeah. So, the the, oh, the, the only the reason we learn that the guy, this guy is named Khan is because he gets, like, thrown out into the street and someone runs up to him. He's like, Khan, Khan, are you okay? And you just see it as a subtitle. Like, it's happening in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, you can barely even actually hear it. But it's still it's good. Good joke. Yeah, it's good. So um, then he, so then the big sword man, he says, I'm the stand. And then he chops downward and then Star Platinum catches it. And he breaks the sword in half. That happened, that happened like, already? Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. That's, that's, I forgot yeah, because then it's one of those cool episodes where minute seven, you're like, oh, the stand's over, but it's not. Yeah, so they're like, oh, Polnareff's like, this guy, he's gonna do his biggest, giganticest attack yet, and he jumps up very high in the air, and Star Platinum like catches the sword with in between two uh, his, his two hands and breaks it in half, and it's good. And that's when they you learn that Star Platinum strength does not come from its precision, but from Jotaro's ability to stay cool under pressure. Yeah, like that happens, and you see like Jotaro like mm, standing behind him. But after it ends, he's like, oh, oh, oh god, 
it, it was good to <laughs> me to see Jotaro like under any type of stress. Me too. Uh, so then another fucking comedy thing happens where like the, the, oh, the stand is defeated and the sword falls and they're like, okay, whatever we do, like don't pull the sword out from the thing because that's what makes the stand take over you. It's bad. Then a cop runs up. He's like, hey, I'm a cop and give me that sword. And Polnareff's like, no. And he just takes the sword out. Yeah. Weird that a cop would just escalate a situation like that. It's like they're struggling over the sword and Polnareff like is holding the handle and pulls it out. And then he's like, actually, cop, you're the one who uh, pulled the sword Which out. Which is true. Like, the- he very much, do- like, the cop immediately starts trying to lie and be like, I think you just pulled out a sword on me. Yeah. And so, no, that's not what so, so Anubis is better than Polnareff, the murderer stand. And then yeah, what, yeah, yeah. doesn't Jotaro, like, knock him away somehow? Uh, whoops, I accidentally skipped a minute. Um, uh, direct action. Yeah. Like, I think, it's like Polnareff is about to kill the cop with the sword, and Jotaro, like, sends him flying into a gate or yes, something. Yes, 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 And uh, yeah, he does say, like, Jotaro says he's never thought about fighting Polnareff before, and isn't that how we got introduced to him, was fighting him, and he made the big clock? Um, Avdol fought him. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. He fought, um, he fought our friend Kakyoin. Right, our good friend Kakyoin, and the magicians are at the good bird. So this is where we get fucking Silver Chariot plus Anubis dual wielding, which is pretty fucking cool. It's like, all I can think this whole time is, gee, Polnareff, how come Anubis lets you have two stands? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure about the stand being able to control puppet stand other stands. I guess but I, liked I guess it. it's like a technicality because the sword is the stand and it's like a physical object. But there have right. been other, there's times in the future when people are like, everyone can only have one stand. Like, this isn't possible. Yeah. So, but like Silver Chariot was using the sword. That's true. So I don't know. I do. This was probably the most Dragon Ball Z episode in a while, or maybe ever so far. Yeah, because because it was really just every strike he's getting more powerful and faster. Yeah, and and he's just like slicing and uh, Star Platinum's like blocking them with his like Wonder yeah. Woman wrist guards <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then he does our favorite move, Starfinger. Our favorite, our favorite good move of Starfinger. Starfinger. It always looks so funny. It looks really funny, and he says Starfinger, and then it just knocks off fucking Silver Chariot's shoulder pad. And he's like, oh, now I can move even more freely and quickly. And it's good. Uh, so they're fighting for a while, and I do, like, uh, at one point, Polnareff, like, evil-possessed Polnareff says, You fool, there's no way your Order Order can withstand two Master Stands dual swords. I do like that line. <laughs> yeah. I like, there are several times when it's not like, oh, Jotaro's doing his, like, attack blast. They call it, like, his Ora Ora. Like, that's what they call it. Yeah, that and definitely I, I, is what it is. I like that very much. Uh, so then, like, uh, I think Polnareff finally, like, has uh, Jotaro cornered, and, like, Anubis finally, like, appears, and he's just, like, a furry. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, just kind of, like, if this is sort of a popular character in the furry community. Like, that's, I know that is, like, actually the representation of, like, the god Anubis. But yeah, he was, but he's also mean, very buff, I think. So the King Tut was a furry, so like, yeah, QED, yeah. Uh, and he's like, ah ha ha, I, I have you defeated or whatever. You want to you want to take the next part? How uh, the battle resolves? Is this where Jotaro is stabbed in the stomach? Yeah, and then so does Jotaro just flex his abs? I don't, is that what happens? I, he he's like gets stabbed in the stomach, and Jotaro's like, oh no, whatever you do, don't push it in further. It and, would be murder. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to push it further. And he pushes it in a little bit further. And then Jotaro like, starts playing. And he like punches the sword from the side 
to like shorten the sword. Like he keeps breaking pieces of the sword while one piece is in him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of good. I liked it. I just didn't. I guess I missed the punch, and I just thought he was doing a cool ab flex, just crush the sword with his abs thing. No, he just like held it the like uh, point of the sword in right. his abs, and then like punched the rest away. And then that happens, and the sword is just down to like the hilt or whatever. And it was so fucking goofy when he's like, "What's that? I thought you said you were gonna defeat me." And fucking Star Platinum has like his hand taser. <laughs> is so I love when stands like have personality. Yeah, because it's so many times they don't. It's just like a right. thing. But then it was like being shitty, and I loved it. Yeah, it was it was good to me. Anyway, the uh, the evil is defeated, and Jotaro like falls down, and then the sword fall, falls out of his belly. Or whatever. But then there's a small lollipop boy who's watching. There's and... a lollipop boy, and the, like, original part that uh, Star Platinum caught and broke in half, he's like, wow, that looks very tiny. And you're like, oh my god, this is gonna fucking... How long is this gonna go on? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you, you the, child, the child gets possessed, and then Anubis explains to the child that Dio's stand is named the girl reading this. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> And meanwhile, uh, Polnareff is finding a band-aid for Jotaro's fucking gaping stomach wound. Yeah, as the kid's like, he's like, I'm gonna throw this and kill Jotaro. And then you, like, slightly overhear Jotaro and Polnareff talking. Polnareff's like, do you want a band-aid? And Jotaro's like, no! I want help! <laughs> like, Can we please go to the hospital, finally? So the kid is, like, ready to throw the sword like a boomerang, and Iggy the funny dog runs in. He and- wants, if Iggy the hungry dog wants a lollipop and then trips um, Anubis. Uh, yeah, he trips Anubis, and then the, the, like, throw is off the mark, and it flies forever. And it flies then, towards the Nile River, which they talked about earlier, would be a good way to dispose of it. Like, we just, then it's just, like, five minutes of the sword, like, Anubis and the sword, be like, oh my god, I'm flying, I'll have to go, like, I'll crash into this wall, and then I'll fall on the ground, and someone will catch me. Wait, yeah, it's fucking I, Homer Simpson trying to jump over the ravine, and then the ambulance crashes, and he falls back down, and it's really funny. Wait, I phased through the wall using my power. Oh no, I'll just land on this boat. And then he lands on the boat and gets stuck in a cow, and then the cow freaks out and falls into the water, and then he falls to the bottom of the water. And he asks Fish and Mr. Krabs to come and, <laughs> like, help him. He does canonically ask for Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Um, and I do, I love when, I understand the show, in a way that oh. I never understood the the highbrow show of Game of Thrones, because there this happened. This isn't the first time it's happened, but watching that, I was already typing out, "Can't he just like ask a fish or a crab to like help him?" He did, and then he, yeah, and then I had to delete it because he already fucking did it. But they just ignore him. Uh, so yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna get rested at the bottom of the Nile," and then Anubis is forced to retire. And I do like. I feel like it was another sort of quintessential JoJo thing where like. It's just a prolonged shot of a sword weeping at the bottom of a fucking river, and it my, rules. My favorite thing is all of the, like, JoJo shots that are always taken out of context. Like, like in the fucking last episode, it's like, if you touch that orange, you'll explode your face. Like, yeah. But in context, it's like, oh, yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. There's a bomb it, in it. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so then they get back to the hotel, and, like, Avdol is, like, patching up uh, Jotaro. And he says he's never going anywhere with Polnareff again, which, which is was good. good. And then Iggy jumps on Polnareff and farts again. Yeah, he, fart, he does a good, funny fart. And then the fucking narrator just starts being racist So, no So reason. this happens, like, the episode ends and we get, like, an overview of Egypt. And the narrator literally starts being racist for no reason. Like, he's like, this is a regular Egyptian man. Yeah, this, this is a Nubian. This is a Bedouin. And this is an Indian who has nothing to do with this. Why? <laughs> is, actual, is actual, I don't know. 
I guess it was to say, I think the goal of it was to say, like, you can see many different kinds of people in Egypt, and then, like, a sexy lady walks by, is, I think, was the goal of it, but it was just racist for no reason. Yeah, there's a sexy lady with legs, and she shows up, and she looks like Merrick from Yu-Gi-Oh!, <laughs> And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And a couple of guys are like, wow, she has legs for days. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think one of them even says some stupid, she's like, wow, her legs are magnetic. I bet her stand has nothing to do with that. Oh, good. And then the episode ends. Yeah, because I know the fucking, the next episode is just fucking, it's going to be a horny one. Because yeah. it looks like, to me, what I, what I took from the preview was, Avdol goes to a, to a museum and he touches some sculpture cups breasts and Joseph touches things that he's not supposed to touch. It's a bunch. It's very horned. It's it's the most horned up of all the episodes of this part. Even like even more than the extremely bad episode of the ape. Uh, it's like rather than having characters horny, it's like the episode just. Oh, has it's horny a, for the viewer. Yeah, that's no good. It's just all over the place. Uh, okay, that's it. You want to do, do questions? Yeah. You can send us a question at uh, yada yada boys at gmail.com or send us an ask at yada dash yada dash boys at com. We have a bunch. Let's let's do all of them. Oh yeah, cool. Sure. Uh, starting with, oh this 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 is just for me. Uh, Tumblr user Mike Dawson said New Year's is this week, so I just I need to remind you to put on fresh underwear on New Year's Day, just like Josuke said. You you don't you don't know Josuke yet, but he does say that. I don't. I specifically Kim got me a pair of MeUndies for Christmas, and I'm literally saving them for when I wake up on New Year's Day. Have you never worn them before? No. Oh, dude, they fucking. I'm wearing them right now. That's all I wear anymore. Oh, okay, great. But yeah, I'm saving yeah. these specifically to put a fresh pair of underwear on New Year's Day because because that's what he says in the show. Oh, okay. Can't uh, wait to meet him. Uh, Tumblr user Maxi Bajillion asked, "Very pleased to see Brooks kind of likes the new opening theme and didn't deliver any challenging takes on it." How do you feel uh-huh. now after the few? I mean, I wouldn't say that I liked it. <laughs> I do think it's the worst one so far, but uh, I, I like the beginning of the. I like the. I like the very beginning and the very end. I like the ura ura ura, and I like the different dios and jojos. Also, though, we can all agree the ending theme from the Oingo Boingo episode is a club banger. Yeah, it's so good. It's okay. So I think the best song I've heard so far is still the Pillar Man theme, mm-hmm. and I think Oingo Boingo might be second place. It's up there. I yeah. like how you reblog that, retreated that fucking brain meme of like half <laughs> of the songs you didn't even know yet. It didn't even have bloody stream on it. I don't think it didn't. But yeah, I, I as soon as the episode ended, I was like, I bet there's so many fucking good memes about Oingo Boingo. So I typed in Oingo Boingo JoJo meme, which was risky of me. Yeah, I will admit. And then that image came up, and I was like, excellent, love there it. I agree. Perfect. Uh, some user Hey Cutie asked, "Be gone, top." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would have been so cool if Jotaro said that. <laughs> Anonymous asked, which Stardust Crusaders do you think would be most receptive to communist thought? <laughs> also looking forward to hearing the yada yada boys on Henry Kissinger. <laughs> Not a threat. Not a threat. Well, hey, listen to this week's episode. Yeah, we're already on it. And Where it's we on talk iTunes. about how Gumby is blue. Gumby is blue. <laughs> so, so who's the, which communist Stardust Crusader? Okay, not Polnareff. I'm thinking uh, Abdul already has the red going for him. Yeah. So he would barely have to change his wardrobe at all. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking Abdul uh Jotaro no. I mean, objectively Joseph no, given his sympathies in the past, I guess. 
maybe Kakiorn seems like an in- intellectual. He'd be Joseph, open to new, uh... Joseph would like go on left book and go to like fucking whatever comrade Lennon's dank meme stash or whatever. Yeah. And then be like, Hey guys, have you heard about Gary Johnson? Yeah. And just would. completely fucking, I, my name's Joseph and he would sign his posts and it would be good. <laughs> so who, who, Abdul, is that our. Abdul? Yeah. But I do think that Kakioin would also, he would be like, he would be like the annoying me communist where yeah. I'm like, he just like went to grad school and he won't shut up about it. Mm-hmm. He's very much like, Oh, you want to, you want to argue about some shit? Well, I've read most of the communist manifesto once, so I'm not even going to bother and retain none of it. So, uh, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, Tumblr user Mike Dawson also asked Antonin Scalia forced to retire, bitch. <laughs> It's good. It's good. I like to hear that one. Uh, Roy Fuck Warlock coming in strong here. With these are my favorite uh, asks because it's just like shows the fucking like community we've developed. Sure. It says, what if Joseph Joestar taught Marsha P. Johnson Hamon? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> God. So, so tech, it, technically, she, Marsha P. Johnson used Hamon to throw the brick. Which yeah, he I, learned from Joseph Joestar, so he kind of indirectly did throw the first brick. Sure. With, by teaching her Hamon. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> this is real. Yeah, I I remember starting this podcast and being like, oh, we're going to, like, I'm sure we're still going to be, like, stupid and say dumb things. But I don't think it's going to reach the depths of, like, you know, what if, like, Jon Snow ate his aunt's pussy and or whatever we used to talk about. But I think we're there now. I think, but but it's like the opposite end of the spectrum, and that it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Unlike what if Cal Drogo is forced to fight his own Khaleesi? Okay. Uh, Tilted Clink asked the question: Which is worse, Boingo, the small boys? Uh oh. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> that, fuck that one up. That's hair, all right. Hair and visor combo, or Jotaro's hat that is so worn out it looks like his hair even when it's not on his head. Now, I, I, I like Small Boingo's hair. Yeah, the, I think Jotaro's hat is an abomination, but I, it's it's intended to look like that, I think. I, I don't... I don't know. I like, I like the, the Boing, Small Boingo Boingo's, hair. Boingo is a child, so you have to give him a pass. Yeah, my hair didn't look that good when I was, like, six. Also, there is that one picture of, like, a younger Jotaro in his school uniform, and it is very, like, you can see the cap fully, like covering his head yeah i don't know i'm kind of i'm still jotaro's still not my favorite so like i'm gonna go with well yeah it is yeah jotaro's hat is on purpose i think jotaro's is worse i I don't think he gets a a pass just because he's a main character yeah he's probably worse uh anonymous as this is literally something i thought when i was watching the episode but i saved it for now because someone asked it you okay. ever think about what normal people see during a stand fight? Like when Jotaro right? was fighting Anubis slash Chariot, there must have been people watching. Two men, two men stared deeply at each other and seeing the sword that isn't that Anubis is holding just twirling in the air. <laughs> like, yeah. And this is yeah, like it's. So we we've talked about this before, and I'm still not clear on it. So usually, so like most stands, people can't see, but there are stands like the sword, like the sword or the boat. Like, stands that are real things, people can see. But right. regular people without stand powers cannot see, like, Star Platinum or Silver Chariot. And is some stands can touch real-world things, and some can't? Is that true? I 
think if like I think if the user yeah if the user like wants them to. Okay. Fuck, I miss Hummo and Eddie. It, because it was a simpler time. It was just energy juice that made you strong. And you had to breathe to do it nice. Yeah, it was good. It was lung power. I loved it. Uh, last question, Siberian Pine asked. If she breathed, she a thought. Yeah. All the women we were in past lives are queens, Polar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. God, I hope Polnareff dies. <laughs> That's the episode. That's the episode. <laughs> So, so more than anyone, you want Polnareff to die. Of like, let's make the uh, morbid. Who do you want? Not who's your favorite. It's just pretty much the opposite, I guess. But who do you most want to die by the end of Stardust Crusaders? <laughs> most want to die. Um, well, like Jotaro's not gonna. I wouldn't. It would be weird if Jotaro died. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, because I would be I would be sad for Holly. So I don't want Jotaro to die. Um, I don't want Joseph to die. I don't like thinking about it. I'm sure that like I don't I'm sure he's not long for this world just because he's old in the way that the show works. But I mean like even if he makes it to the end, I'm sure he's not gonna be in fucking part five or whatever. Um I'm already I already kinda came to terms with Abdul being dead. So so if Abdul <laughs> so if Abdul died again, you'd just be like, Alright. Yeah. Like he's already on borrowed time, sort of. Uh Kakioin? I mean Again, wouldn't be surprised because they just don't seem to care for him. Mm-hmm. But I like him, and I would feel bad for Jotaro. So I would be. It's really the only one that I'd really. I'd feel really good about Polnareff dying, and also kind of his his like personal storyline is kind of over, and yeah. like, he kind of came to terms with like his sister yeah, being he, dead. And, he did all that already. Like he did it. Yeah, he's done. I mean, I would like it if Iggy died. That'd be fine. I like how he's just been around for like four episodes and you're like this fucking dog and It's like Poco. It's I don't need the Hey, remember Anne? Yeah. She was cool. At least Iggy has a stand that he didn't use at all in the past four episodes. I fucking forgot that Iggy had a stand already. Yeah. And it's a cool one too. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. I I I would like it if there was like a funny Scooby Doo situation, the 2002 movie, where they all like all their stands kind of like suck, got sucked out of their body and they went into other bodies. Mm-hmm. And then Kakyoin got Silver Chariot, and then Polnareff died w- along with uh, Hierophant Green. So, so the ma- the ultimate thing is Polnareff needs to somehow like obtain use of Hierophant Green and then die. Is yeah. like the the best end, like the true ending. Yeah, that would be yeah. If like if they should fucking all all six of them show up in Egypt and Dio says, "Now you must face my final test," and then he switches <laughs> them all. That's um, how up. Dio talks. That's the funny Dio voice that we all remember. It's been so long since I've heard his voice. I you know mm. it feels like it's been a while. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's in. They say like Dio can't be more than five hundred kilometers away from where we are right now. Right. Anyway, that's the episode. Thanks. Yeah, that's the episode. Thank you so much. Have a good um, New Year time. Have a good break. See us on the podcast that's not a threat. Um, we talk about um, J.K. Rowling again. And, and McDonald's. and McDonald's, like we usually do. <laughs> so if you enjoy that, yeah. you know what it is. And if, you, if you're listening to this episode and you think, this is pretty good, and I'm going to give it a five-star review on iTunes, but... I don't like the few number of times in which they said the funny word of Kafefe. Don't worry, we got some more jokes over there. Yeah, the gods have uh, struck struck Brooks down for his Kafefe jokes, and uh, mm-hmm. 
I mean, with great power comes great responsibility. I, I have become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. And then Star Wars. Thank Star you. Wars. JoJo's Lark. Bizarre Adventure. Kylo Ren kind of looked like a JoJo character in that one scene. He kind of did. He's <laughs> just very large. Yeah. Can, can I say, because I tried, oh, fucking Star Star Wars spoilers, whatever. I saw that meme picture a lot that when I saw it in the movies, I was like, that's not so bad. Yeah, it didn't really. I think I noticed it when I watched it, but it wasn't, it wasn't obtrusive. I yeah. do very much like the meme of it. And I like when they put him in the funny, you know, I had to do it to him mm-hmm. location. That's very good. It's good to me. Anyway. Uh, see you next time. Anyways, happy, happy new year. Happy new year. Bye. What if it was called uh, Star Fingers? Don't get cucked. Stay off the hook. This is Yaddy Yaddy Boys. I'm not owned. You are. Bye. Bye. うまくいく。そうやって来ただろ。印刷に出た予言は決して帰ることはできない。予言の通りに。